We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I'm the captivating, motivating, tentilating, and money-making Dr. Carl Bourne Jr. And I got my main man, Mr. Paulo Chang, in the building. Paul, say what's up to the people. What up, what up, what up? Listen, this is your auntie's favorite nephew. I am happy to be here. First of all, it's our inaugural live and in-person This episode. is crazy. This is crazy. Glad to be here. But look, if y'all are not, if y'all are not tuned in, if y'all are not locked in, if y'all are not focused it's time to get ready because this one this is the one absolutely so i mean at this point in time you guys know every week for us is about bringing you special guests that can improve your business your brand your life whatever you need at otc we got you this week is no exception with that being said we got a pelvic health guru in the building that is going to drop some gems, some business gems, some personal development gems. We're going to get into it all. If you're wondering how to build a pelvic health business, this is your expert to go to right here. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce our lovely guest for this episode. She is also a doctor of physical therapy. Woo woo. Choose PT. Shout out to the lovely Dr. Kelly Ahoy! Yes, ma'am. How you feeling? Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Absolutely. So, you know, we like to be respectful of your time because obviously, you know, you have a business and family and all that good stuff, right? So with that being said, we always want to kind of start with the why, right? Because a lot of your business, a lot of who you are stems from that why, and it's important for people to know that. So with that being said, just right out the gate, tell us, like, why did you even choose to pursue the field of physical therapy? Like, how did we even get here? Yeah, so I just knew I didn't want to sit behind a desk. That's it. Straight up. I didn't have an injury. I just knew I didn't want to sit behind a desk, and I wanted to be active. So that's what drove me to physical therapy. And I knew right away, I just took the course, did the thing, and I became a therapist. Okay, so on the back end of that, why pelvic health, right? Because now that's even deeper than just physical therapy. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I've been practicing now for 12 years. And when I came out, pelvic health physical therapy is not what it was like today. Mm -hmm. It was shamed upon. I remember my friends literally making fun of me for doing internal exams. Um, I want to say over the past five years, it's become more popular. And people really are like, oh, cool, you're a pelvic health PT. But before then, people were like, what the heck do you do? So um, I got into it because I taught Pilates. And I I just knew that it was a missing piece of the puzzle. And that's what I feel like no matter if it's a business side or a PT side, I can find the gaps. Once you find the gaps, realize that, hey, this is something that is going to take off. And if you can find that gap, go with it. And that was uh, pelvic health physical therapy from an orthopedic background for me. I kind of want to jump in um, on the back end of where we always like to ask our guests about what the business side of things tends to look like as you're building it, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, I mean, everybody knows the stats. Most businesses don't last like, what, two to five years or something like that. 
But for somebody who realizes from the very start, like you don't want to sit behind a desk, you don't want to be stuck in the regular schmegular, like just right. everyday mundane stuff. What then become one like your top three success habits that have led you to this point? Just because I think we need to start from the basis of like what makes you this boss ass like entrepreneur right. to yeah. this day. Yeah, that's a great question. So number one has always been my hustle. I can out hustle pretty much anyone. So I am kind of known for being the hustler. Uh, if I want something, I'm going to go for it. So I think that's number number one. Number two is what's your why? For me, I personally just like playing a game. I love to see if I can win or if I lose. And if I lose, I actually have seen that that has actually been the best thing that's ever happened to me when I actually fail because I pause and I can quickly pivot and then something big comes out of it. Um, and then number three, I think more recently this is, this has come on with working out and taking my health seriously before, when I first started out with both my companies, it was just like work, 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 let me hustle. But I think now on the back end, running two companies and having a big event coming up and all this, I realize I have to work out every single day to actually allow my businesses to grow. I like that. I like that a lot because I think a lot of entrepreneurs really undermine the value of being able to focus on your health, right? We are so focused on going, 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 building the business that we forget at the end of the day, if we burn ourselves out or if we're not healthy, we can't enjoy any of the money that we're making, right. you know? So I think that's amazing that you, you know, brought that to the light because a lot of people overlook that. Now, I want to kind of backtrack a little bit to something you just mentioned so we can kind of tell people a little bit about that. You mentioned uh, an upcoming event coming up. So talk to us a little bit, a little bit about that event, what's going on, um, what should people be on the lookout for with that? Yeah, so this event is called Pelvi Biz. So it's for all pelvic health PTs and OTs that want to start and grow their pelvic health practice. And it is in Tampa, Florida, April 1st through the 3rd. Uh, and it's also virtual. So if you cannot come in person, everything's going to be recorded. And it's going to be an amazing event that will take you from one stage to progress you to the next just within two days. So it's going to be awesome. Be there. Be there. Be we have a private live. chef. We oh. have yoga. Oh. I got a private chef. Oh. Yeah, two we nights. Gotta be oh there. my <laughs> gosh! Right? Available. Yeah. We gotta be there. Two all nights. Right. We got a chef, yoga instructor, oh boat days, all the swag. It's gonna be real fun. That's a treat right there. I'm in there expeditiously. Yeah. All right. Here's a question. Let's backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people here pelvic health, mm-hmm. and like many other industries, if people don't really know the PT world, they just make the assumption like it's just been this thing that's been. The hype. Everybody's talking about pelvic health right Right. now. So let's kind of backtrack back to the days where you were doing this thing. And people are like, yo, you are tripping. What are you doing? Don't talk about that's dirty. Right. Like, don't talk about that stuff. What were some of the things you found yourself facing from the perspective of you're trying to grow your business and maybe felt like people like people, things, principles are like actively moving against what you're trying to achieve? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I have lived in five different states. And so I have to say from, I came from California where I worked for someone else. And then once I went to Northern Virginia, that's where I started my company, which was three years ago, Orthopelvic PT. When I was doing that, I have to say the mindset difference between West Coast and East Coast 
is different. Okay? My East Coast people people are not as open to pelvic health. And so I really had to penetrate that market and get people to understand about postpartum care, about pain with intercourse. Um, compared to West Coast, they were really receptive. There was already, you know, quite a few PTs out there. And uh, it's all about marketing and how can you understand the market and what people want. And when you know that, then it's easier to penetrate, you know, the market that you're going after. So you also mentioned just mindset, right? And that's another key thing we always try to get gems from our different guests for mindset because right what works for one person may not work for the next but for you specifically like just from a standpoint of like looking back to like when you first started business into like where you are now what would you say were like the top three things that like these three things essentially is what helped me be able to see my business go from point a to point b yeah this is a a hard one um Again, I'm going to go back to the hustle and like why, uh, why it took off, why I was able to, you know, in one month when I left my job, full-time job, I was able to replace my salary. And you know why? My why was because I had student loan debt. I just bought a house and COVID hit and I had no patients on my schedule. My why was I had to survive. That was my why. Otherwise I knew I was going to be living in a tent. So within one month, I was literally standing on trailheads, screaming at people outside because no one was going to come near you. How dare they do that? And they were like, I was like, hey, can I do a movement assessment in this parking lot? So when I talk about hustle, that's the hustle that I'm talking about. I'm uh, also just creating a budget. Like I started shopping at Aldi, which is like a discounted grocery store. Shout out to Aldi. Yeah, shout out to Aldi, yeah. Um, But like I started formulating a budget, which I've never had to do before because I was a PT and at least had a little bit of money. But um, then I I didn't when I started out. So mine was at a necessity that I had to because I had to leave my full-time job because my health was completely failing and I was not being allotted the freedom that I actually wanted to practice and provide good pelvic health care. And so because of that, that's where my big why came out of and that's my driving force. So it's hard to say, going back to, you know, these pearls here, it's hard to say, like, these are my top three things. Mine was out of desperation. And I knew I had to make it work and whatever that took, whether or not that took, like, I was driving two hours away, sitting in a parking deck for four hours because, again, it was COVID. They wouldn't let you in to go to the bathroom. And the freezing cold, hot, whatever it was, just to see a patient that's like two hours away and then another one that's another two hours away just to gain patients. Yeah. That's the hustle. Yeah. Okay. So here's this question then. Because obviously for those of y'all who don't know, if you're not in our world with Greg, Kelly, I'm pretty positive, was student of the year. Yes. All right. Yes. And the reason why I bring this up is because I remember watching live and kind of listening to you present on stage and talking about the leap of faith you had to take, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and I know a lot of people, too, they – what we do is crazy, first of all, as entrepreneurs. Okay. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> it's like, really It's insane. actually truly insane. <laughs> right. We wake up and we're like, you know what? Yeah. I want to go make my own money. <laughs> like, right. it's truly crazy. Yeah. yeah. But for her, like, y'all don't get the level of belief. So this is where I want to start off with this portion. Because I know for you, like, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but you even had to like tell your husband like, yo, like, no, this is it. Like, yeah, my husband was not on board. My dad wasn't on board. My brother was not on board. They all said I was crazy. Don't do it. Are you crazy now? No. Now no. they're like, oh. Oh, no. Okay. No. So let's talk about that portion of belief because I know for a lot of people that listen to, it's easy to just hear the, the, the fluffy, you can do it. I mean, shout right. to Tony Robbins, but I don't listen to him. <laughs> Um, th- and there's a reason for it. This is no disrespect to Mr. Robbins at all, but I feel like there's a certain level in entrepreneurship where it goes from, you need to feel good about yourself to you actually need to s- stand up and do stuff. Right. And you need to move regardless, especially when the people closest to you, because in entrepreneurship and in everything we're trying to do, it's rarely the, like you rarely find strangers being like, no, you can't do it. Right. It's the people closest to you that are like, because we love you. Because we want the best for you, take the safe route. But for you, you said, no, I'm going to do the thing that ends up being the safer route, which is ensuring that I get to call my own shots. I mean, we're here in Florida. It's a Wednesday evening. You know, a lot of people are clocking out of work, dreading tomorrow. The crazy thing is, is um, all the people I used to work for got furloughed. Wow. And I actually had a a running business. Wow. They were going to let you go regardless. Wow. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) All right, so belief. What does that look like? And what does it really mean when you say, I'm going to commit wholeheartedly to creating a business that not just allows me to do stuff on my own terms, but live like genuinely do stuff the way you want to do it? What does that actually look like? And what can people actually gain from your experience? Yeah, so belief is changing your mindset. Belief is building confidence. Belief is just doing the thing, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, know and still believe in whatever you're trying to do, but know that potentially you may have to make a quick pivot, and that's okay. So every single time that you can do a task, you're going to get better and better and better at whatever you're trying to do, and that belief is going to get higher and higher and higher, and it's going to build your confidence, and you're going to be like, man, I can really, really do this. So my belief was... And the first uh, month that I stopped, you know, working in dough for, you know, head first, I was like, wait, what? I replaced my income mm-hmm. and that I was working at my full-time job. That was a huge belief that I didn't even know I needed to have. And it was also a huge confidence boost of, hey, I can do this. Yeah. Follow-up. So, first of all, there's nothing sweeter than making that first, like, right. couple hundred dollars. That's right. a business owner. Right. Oh, you can't tell me jack. Right. Right? right. But... Do you, do you read? I, I only ask that because we've actually had people that said they don't physically read books anymore. Yeah. They just listen. So do you read books physically? I actually am very weird, and I do not read any books. Okay. I'm glad you said that. So then here's a question. When building up that level of belief, because people obviously hear, like, what it takes to m- maintain it, but at a more granular level, what are you doing, like, day to day? Because... I think we've been talking about, like, a lot of people hit a certain level. Me, myself, I hit a level where I realized, oh, shoot, I do have limiting beliefs. They just happen to be at a level of somebody's dream, right? Right. So what do you, what do you have to do to, like, build it up step by step? And then even now, as you grow, how do you still feed into it? Not just from, I'm crushing it, I'm building business, but now, like, at that mental stage of, okay, I now have to be somebody that doesn't just hit mm-hmm. this figure mark per month doesn't just hit this per year 
now I have to be the person that other people are looking to. Shout out to Pelvy Viz, Pelvy Viz. But other people are looking to to be like, yo, this is my mentor. This is the person that's going to help me right. get that first month of replacement. Right. So what are you doing actively to continue to grow into that person? Yeah, so I think the number one thing with that is surround yourself with people that you actually uh, want to be. And if you surround yourself with those people, they'll show you things that you've never even dreamed of. And you're going to be like, wow, okay. So, and once you get to that level, so for instance, orthopelvic is pretty successful, um, my brick and mortar practice. And then I had to go and build pelvic biz. Well, I basically started from scratch again. And to go from, hey, you're really awesome at doing this to, hey, you have no followers, no one knows who you are in the um, space of business coaching, it's a big up and down. And you have to take out your ego and you have to be like, okay, here I go. I'm starting from scratch and I have to do all the steps. There's no shortcuts. I have to do all the steps that everyone would take if you're starting from here and to work from here. And, um, you know, I I think just overall surrounding yourself with people that you want to be like is actually something that's going to keep reinventing yourself because you have to, to be able to stay in whatever game you're trying to, to play. So on the back end of that, One thing that I feel is always very critical to kind of talk to the audience about is like the failure aspect of it, right? Because these entrepreneurs get into the game and they're like, I'm about to make so much money. And they don't realize like you're going to take some L's before you even see any type of profit or success. So for you, like describe to us what one example was of like a time where you were like, I almost quit at this point, you know, when how you kind of pulled yourself back together to be able to get to where you are now. Yeah, so there's a couple times. Um, so number one is when I put out online products. I don't have as big of a following online because I don't like doing that. Um, so when I put out online products and no one bought, I was like, my stuff's awesome. Like, I'm a great pelvic health PT. Why is no one buying this? Um, And that was like a big shocker. Another time was when I hired PTs and they all of a sudden just quit because they want to do something else. Well, that's a low time because then you have to put yourself back in the clinic, but you just train them. You spend so many hours training them and then your pants are caught down. And then to find a pelvic health PT, it takes about three months. So then to try to find someone you're working like Max, I was seeing 50 patients, guys. I mean, this is unheard of. 50 patients a week managing my whole clinic. I had no admin and no PT, and I did that for months. Okay? So that is what the energy, I had to have so much energy energy to do that. And then when I brought on a PT, and then two months later she quit, I was like, oh, goodness gracious, get me out of here. Like, it was a lot. That was a lot of energy. So that was that was really hard. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough. <laughs> it's tough, I'm telling you. Have you ever heard so something you're just like, man. It is. Man, am I doing enough? Right. You start asking yourself. Right. Okay. So, no, we're not going to slide past that. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. Let's talk about what it takes to keep that energy up. Yeah. Um, 50 patients. I watched my fiance do something kind of like that where she had a front desk. She had other people, right? So you're running the show. It's Making you. all the calls. You're taking all the calls. You're treating all the scheduling. patients. You're scheduling. Doing the laundry at night. I took it home every single night and did three hours of laundry. 
Because I had no, I was in a basement. I started out really cheap. And I was in a basement, no laundry, we had no running water. And I would take it for one year, every single night, even on Saturdays and Sundays, because our clinic was open then. And I would take my laundry home, haul it up all the stairs and do the laundry and bring it all back every day. You need to have somebody start recording what you do day to day. I promise you, if you don't start recording your documentary now, you're going to be like 10 years from now, why didn't I do it? She I could come back. You. She could come back She'll to come this back episode and, and remember, like, though. Look at that. Okay, so um, hmm. success leaves clues. Carl always says that. Like Always. Success leaves so many clues. One is that grind. Now, I we were talking about it last night, um, Carl and myself. There's a certain podcaster. He's a business guy that just as a personal thing, we don't vibe with him. But as a business owner, um, he does say some things that do leave an impact. And one of the things he always talks about is um, the fact that for very successful people, rarely do you ever hear them be like, well, I feel like this. I feel like that. It's more like that ability to be so disciplined regardless of what emotions you're feeling that day you still find a way to push through. That's 100% now, true. Obviously, you got that grind, just internally. Like yes. I feel like that's just something you were born with. I got it from my mother. She was a single mom. Born. She had three kids, and she was a teacher, and she had to make it work. That's where I got it from. Shout out to mom. Yes. Shout out to mom. Okay, exactly. so you were, you were predispositioned <laughs> to succeed. All right, so then what, what I kind of want to go into here is just an understanding of what your motivations are, just like what you tell yourself. So um, I ask it because I don't know if y'all are into NASCAR like that, but I recently got into NASCAR, <laughs> oh and I follow one racer, one racer only, Bubba, Bubba? Wallace. Oh, you God. already know it. How did I know? Now, I've been watching um, this documentary about Bubba, and there's mm -hmm. something I actually caught where I want to ask you this question, where like when mistakes happen to Bubba or used to happen, um, I don't know if Michael Jordan got Tim Grover involved or somehow. But he always did negative self-talk. Like, if a mistake happens, he's immediately cussing everybody out. He's upset. He's yelling and screaming. And ultimately, that floods his mind, and he starts making mistake after mistake after mistake. And in NASCAR, one mistake puts you from first place to, like, 25th in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So that's why I bring this mental talk, like, that mental self-talk, like, what you tell yourself how you keep yourself motivated. For me, I have to wake up and I have to sit at a window looking over the road and I have to feel the sun on my skin and I have to journal and I have to be like, you're going to be amazing today. <laughs> and then I go after it. What are you telling yourself? Like, what's your what's your routine, really? Like, do you wake up in the morning and just hit the road running or do you have, like, throughout the day you're just like, you know what, I'm a beast and nobody's really going to catch up, so let's no, let's, 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 let's keep growing. What, 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 how do you talk to yourself? So when I started the first business, I was just like, okay, I, I woke up and I was like, game time, here we go. And I worked, I don't know, 18 hours a day um, and just made it work, right? Now I got smarter and I wake up, I have scheduled workouts. So my husband and I work out together because that's our you know time together. So that's nice because before it wasn't really, I would just kind of not ignore him, but I would just be like, it's business. I'm doing my business, blah, blah, Right now I've learned how we can collaborate and come together, which is awesome. And then be able to also put a self care component in there. So that's great. After that, then I start thinking about what content I can do because now I had time to think 
then after that, all the problems start coming in because everyone's at work right now. And then, you know, from the office or whatever else happens. So then it's game on problem solving mode. So I problem solve from, I don't know, 8, 8 o'clock in the morning all the way till 9, 10 o'clock at night. At 10 o'clock at night, that is my bedtime. Uh, and I try to shut off at like 9 o'clock. But I am talking to probably I 40 people a day. Whether or not Zoom, podcast, but I don't shut up. I just keep talking. And maybe that's why I like talking. Uh, but that's, that's, that's what I do. And my bigger why is like, hey, it's just my inner self motivation. It's like, hey, can I make this work? And that's what I'm saying is it's a game for me. Yes. And that's what I truly, I truly, truly enjoy. Um, not too many people can say this, I don't think. But I personally truly enjoy, okay, this is my goal. Can I get there? And what does it take to get there? And what do I need to do for, like, my body, my mind, whatever else to bring me to that next level? So that is why I have to do the things, like working out and eating well, to get me to that next level. Because I know if I don't do that, um, I cannot have the energy to talk to that many people a day and constantly solve the problems that I have to solve on a daily basis and make things run uh, the way I want them to. Damn it, Kelly, I like your style. I like your style, y'all. <laughs> so listen, uh, school is in session now because we always have to make a point also to kind of teach, right, for those that are listening. And they're like, I think I want to do that. Yeah. But I just don't know what that looks like. So for you, kind of explain to us, like, what does it look like to be able to set up a brick-and-mortar pelvic PT clinic like what are the costs associated with yep. that how can you kind of you know cut corners to essentially to like save you know money and not just be blowing right. it just because uh talk to us a little bit about that yeah so I started out the most ghetto ghetto way possible okay number one this is why I, I literally tell people this is super easy to get started okay I started out with $800 my bank account that's all I needed so I ordered a table off Amazon it's 400 bucks then I got lube a chuck pad a sheet um, gloves and lotion. That's all you need guys to get started. I did not buy any software. I had my computer. I brought that in. I put it on my note section, S O A P Sally's notes. And then I made a little folder on my desktop and that's where I stored Sally's notes to take payment. I use Venmo. Venmo doesn't take out any fees. So I got more profit. Okay. So I did it that way. I didn't need square. I didn't need all this fancy stuff. Don't do it that way. Really start small. You don't need all this fancy stuff and don't overcomplicate it. That is it, guys. That's how you start a business right there. Go mobile. You have lower overhead. The profit margin can be huge. And um, that's all. And then as you start to grow, like, so I went from mobile. Then people were like, well, I don't really feel comfortable. You coming to my home. Like, can, do you have a facility? And I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to spend money on space. So I was like, come to my house. So they came to my house. My husband was hiding in like my master bedroom, up my stairs, through my kitchen. We only had a one car garage then. And in a, I put them in a bedroom with a table. That was it. And the bathroom was down the hall if they needed it. We did that. So some people would come and that saved me time. So that was a positive. So some people would come to my house and then I would still be mobile. And then I started to get too busy to where I was like, crap. I need space because I am so busy. So within 14, 14 hours, I literally picked a spot, got the keys, 
and my husband put a table, a mat down, and we flipped up an upside-down Costco box in the room with lotion on it. And I was like, welcome to Orthopelvic. The, the carpet had all these stains. Oh, it was horrible. No windows. We're in the basement. Okay. I paid $900 in rent a month, which was very cheap. Okay. For two rooms and a gym. And this is in Northern Virginia, which is the prices are pretty high. And that's where I started. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then mom flew up. Thanks, mom. And within like a month, we got the whole place, uh, you know, looking really nice. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. We hired. And then after that, we just tripled our space this past year. And now we've had the nice. highest month yet. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Resourceful. Mm-hmm. So what I also want to know, and I think this will be really good for the new grads that are interested in transitioning into doing this as well, but also the already established or seasoned clinicians that are also looking to kind of pivot as well. Just from a a perspective of, okay, now you've told me how I can do this. You've Mm -hmm. told me I don't need a ton of money, how I can make it work. But now on the other side of that, how do I figure out my pricing? How do I know how much I should charge Per session because I might be used to the typical model of what I've been in in the clinic with insurance and all that stuff. So now how do I take that into my own hand and kind of establish prices where, you know, it's fair to the client or patient, but I'm also making sure I'm taking care of myself. Yeah, you have to be premium. So I always say, especially since I work with a lot of females, you want to be the Louis Vuitton. Not the Dooney and Burke, not the coach purse, okay? You want to be the Louis Vuitton. And the Louis Vuitton attracts the Louis Vuitton customers that are premium. And if you position yourself as a Dooney and Burke or a coach, no offense against them, but if you're in that market of that, of you know, under 200, I always say, I always think every single pelvic health PT or cash-based PT should be at least over 200, no matter if you're small town or not. That's always the belief that, that people think, oh, I'm a small town, I can't charge that much. No, you can. You should be over 200 because that's the value that you're providing. And if you do not charge that value, no one will take you seriously and no one will actually position you as you are premium and then actually truly be a paid client that's actually going to get the results because they're not investing in themselves. They have to invest in themselves. And if you put it at a higher price point, they're more likely to commit. You're all going to get the results that you want. And I'm sure people will learn this at Pelvi Pelvi Biz. Yes, Pelvi Biz. Um, April. April first through the third. April first to the third. I just wanted people to hear that again. But let's let's kind of talk about the living beliefs of that portion. So obviously, folk just don't believe that you can sell a high ticket thing. Right. Everybody in this room has done it. Right. Okay. Right. And. I think we can all say that it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to sell something that's way like premium priced I agree. versus Absolutely. trying to trying to sell like a hundred dollar sessions for six of them. Like that's just a headache you don't want. Right. So as people kind of try to figure out what that and again, Pelvi Biz, Pelvi Biz, mm-hmm. uh, April first to third. Um, as people try to figure that out from the perspective of, okay, well, I, cause I've literally heard people be like, it doesn't feel ethical right, to charge a certain price, which makes no sense. Right. I would say the opposite. 
Oh, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, okay. Why do you say the opposite? Why does it feel ethical to charge more? I feel if you don't charge more, then you're actually doing a disservice to your patient because they're not going to be as compliant, and then you're not going to get the outcome. So if you do not charge $200 or over, you literally are not going to give them the outcome that they need because they will fall off and be like, mm, I guess I'll come in today, mm, maybe in two weeks, and then there's no result. And both parties are not happy with that. So charge premium, be premium, stand out so that you know that these are the results you give. Have a method and deliver on it, and it's game over. So, and I love that you said both parties will be unhappy with it if, yes. if they don't figure that out. How do people become, okay, the mental, the mental side of it. And I'm really try- I'm genuinely trying to tap into how people think mm-hmm. at that level, um, because I think for some people though they just hear that and they're like, "What does that even mean, though?" Right? Um, trying to figure out pricing, like, what does that look like for you when you say, "Okay, this is what we do per package." How does that? And if that's like a state secret, don't share that. Uh, no but, secrets here. But <laughs> hey, 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 you're about to hear it first here on OTC. <laughs> you're about no to hear it first. All right, but how do you put together a package? You say, okay, this is what we charge, and it just is what it is. Like, yeah. how do you decide what goes into your? Yeah. Pricing? So a lot of people will ask me, like Kelly, do you give discounts? No, I do not give discounts. Um, I just, I just don't believe in discounts. I believe if you really want your problem solved. You will pay any price, whether or not I'm charging $400 a session or whether or not I'm charging $200 a session. It's how bad you actually want it. It's not really about the price. It's about how bad is your actual problem and what is my solution to that problem. If I can solve that problem for you and you believe that I can solve that problem, then you will pay me whatever price I ask for, okay? So it's when... You know, when you're coming out and you're thinking, oh, what price? A lot of times the belief is what's holding them back from charging the price. The belief of I'm, I don't have enough pelvic, uh, and at least in the pelvic health world, I don't have enough pelvic health courses underneath my belt. Um, I live in a small town. Um, there's no way someone, I'm not, I'm not mobile. I'm not coming to them. There's no way someone would charge, uh, you would charge the same for online or a brick and mortar practice. Like, there's no way. So these are the beliefs that they are putting actually on themselves that are actually holding them back. That if they just get rid of the beliefs, surround themselves with positive people, and then we'll see, hey, I do need to keep these these um, prices high. And once people are surrounded by that, then they're like, okay, I can do this. And they start to change. And then they start to see better results. This is good. This is. I hope y'all are taking notes because <laughs> this is really good. So now, with all that being said, Right. I I've established my business. I've established my prices. Boom. I got it. How do I now look at profit versus reinvesting into the business? Right. Because you don't want to just say, okay, I maybe this patient, I charge them two hundred dollars for this session. Now I'm just going to pocket that two hundred dollars. Like, how do you kind of go through that process of, like, this is my percentage that I'm going to reinvest back into maybe for gloves or whatever other equipment you may need versus, like, nah, this is coming home to me. What does that look like for you? 
Yeah, so the stats are on a brick and mortar practice, you should be profiting at 10%. So orthopelvic is operating at higher than that. Um, so that is a positive for us. So tell, tell us the number, Kelly. <laughs> we're at above 30%. Okay. So, Damn. So that is really, really good um, for a brick and mortar practice, um, which allows me to make mistakes, which allows me to do things that other practice owners can't. Because a lot of practice owners are actually just getting by. For me, I can take big risks because I can make big mistakes. Um, so when you operate, and this goes back to pricing, when you price well, then you can do certain things or take bigger risk because you have a bigger profit margin. So that's how, that's how it's done. So I'm, I'll let you get your question off, Paul. But shameless plug, if you guys are wondering why she's qualified to be able to help your pelvic PT business get to where it needs to get to, that's why right there. Go ahead, Paul. I actually don't have another question because <laughs> she, she just, she just, I don't know what else to tell y'all. All right. Well, then I got another question. So now you're a boss. You're a complete boss. Let me, let me, I see. Let me ask you just from, this is always a fun question for us. If you had to put five people on your Mount Rushmore of entrepreneurs, who would you put up there? Greg Todd. He's my number one. He's the guy that has honestly gotten me from no business to, you know, having six, seven figure practice and then, you know, helping me with Pelby Biz as well. So um, he's my go-to guy. He's my encourager. He, I am going to be, I'm different. I don't read books to be honest guys, which may be shocking. I don't read, I don't listen to too many podcasts. Now I'm starting to listen to more, but, uh, I just stay focused. I think the positive with me is that I can really hone in and stay focused. And when I'm locked in, I am locked in and there's no distractions. I feel like a lot of times there's a lot of like, you know, these, you should do this and this and this. I just feel like that's a strength of mine that I can just stay focused, stay the course. And that is what has also driven success. Um, but Greg Todd is my number one. He's my dude. I actually don't know who else would be on the mountain with me. That is the mountain. <laughs> that is the mountain. I mean, it is the mountain. So I don't know. That's it. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Shout out to GT, whose studio we're actually recording in. So yeah. uh, definitely the GOAT. Paul, did you have something else? No. Okay. All right, cool. So I actually wanted to talk about something that I saw the other day, and it just it just popped up in my head with, like, a lot of the things you were saying and kind of talking about those limiting beliefs, you know, talking about being able to, you know, build the, the habits and the character really you need to kind of persevere through some of the, you know, trials and tribulations that comes with being a business owner. And... Basically, the post was saying that what if the reason why we're not successful is because we ask ourselves the wrong questions, you know, yeah, so true. and they made the point that what if instead of asking yourself, what if this doesn't work, you asked yourself, what is it going to look like when it does work, you yeah. know, or how am I going to feel when it when it comes true for me? How am I going to feel when my business hits six figures, seven figures, you know, so everything you talked about just kind of brought that to mind for me. And I just wanted to ask for you, 
what would be one last like quote you would want to leave with business owners, with entrepreneurs, with everybody out there that just needs some motivation to keep hustling and, you know, keep pushing through? Um, it's a great question. Since I don't read, I'm not good at quotes. Um, so let's go. Let's do it. You guys got it. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Like, just think of your why and go after it. Basically go after it. Let's just say that. Keep it simple. Go after it. There you go. Coach yourself. All gas. No breaks. No breaks. No, there you go. Exactly right. There, there you go. go. No, There's perfect. That's good. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so, Kelly, first off, let us say thank you for donating your time to us this evening. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This was this was fun. And this was our first in-person one, so this is a special one. But for people that are listening, you know, and this is their first time being exposed to you, what would be some contact information like social media, email, um, also, you know, drop information on Pelvibiz again as well for those who may have missed it earlier on in the episode. Yeah, so you can find orthopelvic at www.orthopelvicpt.com. Our, also, our Instagram is orthopelvicpt, and then Pelvibiz is pelvibiz uh, on Instagram, and also we have a Facebook group called Pelvic Health Business Grower. Uh, we have over 1,300 pelvic health PTs in there. So we're always talking, you know, about business strategies as well in there. So you're more than happy to, like, if you're looking for jobs or whatever it may be that you need help with, post it in there. Boom. There you go. To our lovely listeners, as always, we appreciate you. Thank you for rocking with us. Go hit Kelly up. Tell her how much you enjoyed the episode. You know, she gave you guys some fire. And she gave y'all numbers like she was very transparent with you, you know, so definitely go show her some love. And as always, don't forget, if you need anything SEO, you guys over here at OTC got you covered. But with that being said, again, Kelly, thank you so much for your time. And guys, until next time, peace. Many blessings. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.